important challenges that we all face as we live on the face of this earth is basically to deal with the people who deal with us treacherously. There are people, those who are dishonest people, they talk something in front of us and they talk something else behind us. Someone whom we thought is a great friend of us, but she or he shares all our secrets to others without our knowledge. You know, these are very dangerous people. People, they make us to get frustrated in our lives. There are times we come across, not all of them, not many of them, but there are few people on the face of this earth created by God for some reason. They are betrayers. They are traitors. They are untrustworthy people. They are unreliable. They are unstable. And they are insecure people to deal with. They oppress us, they hurt us, and they damage our lives. But we can't avoid such people in our lives. And this is what I have written down in my personal diary. Just going to show that with you. Let's read that together. When people trouble, hate, and oppress us, it causes pain. The pain is so deep and heartbreaking if those who hurt us are so dear to us. Because of their ongoing behavior, we get frustrated and pray to God to do something about them. We feel like escaping and isolating ourselves from those people. But what can we do? Life has to go on. So we take courage in the Lord, ensure the safety of our lives and our families, and we want to follow, continually follow God, and we want to make sure that we are safe, our family is safe, and always we never forget to remind the Lord to teach a lesson for those who hate us. Even though these are my words, but they are not my thoughts. These are the contemplation or thoughts of King David as we read in Psalm 55. If you can go to the next slide. I want to give a little background on Psalm 55. It's a very interesting study that I could do as I was preparing for this sermon. All of us go through it. Don't think that I'm going through something and that's the reason I'm preaching it. It's all we go through all this day in and day out in our lives. Sometimes we say this, sometimes we don't say it. Sometimes we write it in a diary as David wrote and I wrote. And then you know, sometimes we mark it somewhere that you know what we have been going through in our lives. David was going through a very miserable time in his life. Many expositors, they believe that David penned this psalm, Psalm 55, in a specific occasion in our lives. You know, we all know because we know the history of the Bible. David's son, Absalom, and his sister Tamar were really very handsome and beautiful people on the face of this earth. If you remember, Absalom had a long hair. I don't want to go too much into it. He had a very long hair. Sometimes once a while they cut his hair and at times when, when his hair was, the cut hair was collected, how much it weighed, any idea? 
I guess it's four pound. He had four pound. You know, I know today, you know, ladies and girls, you know, you all struggle to go and grow your hair, right? No matter what you try, it's not going to go beyond your shoulder. But Absalom had such a beautiful, such a long hair. I believe it was, uh, he was blonde too, sorry. So Absalom had such a beautiful hair. And Tamar, she was just a beautiful woman on the face of this earth. And David's daughter Tamar was raped by David's elder son by name Amman. Who was not just a brother, just he, he was just only an off-brother to Tamar. But you know what? David had not punished Amman for this serious crime against his daughter. And there was a reason for that why he did not. Absalom finally, after two years, he was looking for a chance to murder Ammon before because of this crime. Father did not take any initiative and he wanted to take revenge and Absalom killed Ammon. You know, two years, couple of two years, David, David was really crying out for what had happened inside of him. And now he continued to cry because Ammon was killed by Absalom. And Absalom disappeared because he was afraid of his father. And David's heart continued to cry because somehow he wanted Absalom to be with him because he was such a loving favorite son for David. Absalom disappeared. In the meantime, Ahithophel, who was one of the advisors of David, many years they were together. David was getting many advice from Ahithophel, the most trusted man in the cabinet of David's kingdom. And he counseled with Absalom to overthrow David's kingdom. We read that in 2 Samuel 15. We'll not go there. Ahithophel was also Bathsheba's grandfather. And he wanted to take, he was with David, giving his counsel, giving his advice and everything. But he was looking for an opportunity or take, want to take revenge on David for David killing Ahithophel's grandson-in-law, Uriah, in the battlefield. He was a soldier in David's army. We know the story. But when you come to 2 Samuel chapter 17, we see Ahithophel met Absalom and he took his permission and he said, if he himself can go, if Ahithophel can go against David with 1,200,000 men to capture a man who's, who was a king, so that they can capture him when he is weak and destroy him. Ahithophel wanted to bring David's head personally to Absalom. So David was in this miserable situation. I want you to understand the situation of David, insulted, betrayed, and offended by his own people. This morning I titled my sermon as Insulted and Offended. Insulted and Offended. Rejected by his own family, his own son, and his own advisor in the government. Once he was a mighty king, Respected by all people. Now an army of 12,000 men hunting for his head. Can you imagine such a drastic situation? Terrible situation David was in. David had to run away for his life. There is no, no doubt. I'm sure no one would have gone through ever what David was going through in his life. 
such a great man of God, fallen in sin, such a great man of God, and the sin continued, and sin was, you know, stretching his tentacles and, you know, continuing to be around in his life. And one said he has, he loves the Lord so much. And another said he has, he's blessed with such great children and such a great kingdom. And he was a mighty man of God, used by God in many ways. But he has been all along in a terrible situation in his life. With this background, I'm able to relate what I have written down in my diary with Psalm 55. Let's read that. When people trouble, hate and oppress us. That's what David says from verses 1 to 3, Psalm 55. It causes pain. Verses 4 to 5. The pain is so deep and heartbreaking if those who hurt us are so dear to us. That's what is cry from verses 12 to 14. Because of their ongoing behavior, at times we get frustrated. David got really frustrated from verses 19 to 21. And he prayed to God to do something about them. It was a real prayer. Depth. He is crying out to God from the depth of his heart. And we at times feel like escaping and isolating ourselves from those people who hurt us. David was exactly trying to do that. He wanted to just fly away. He wanted to disappear. He wanted to be in the no man's land. He wanted to isolate him from the rest of the people. But what to do? Life had to go on. So we take courage at times in the Lord. David was coming back even in the psalm, same psalm. And he was ensuring his safety and the safety of his family. And always he was reminding God to teach them a lesson on those who hate him, hated him. This morning, we are more interested to learn a couple of lessons that I, we could learn together from this psalm. We, are, we don't have time to go through verse by verse. But there are four beautiful and amazing lessons that we could learn from this psalm. Number one. Don't allow your pain to settle down. Don't allow your pain to settle down. Let's read Psalm 55 verses 12 to 14. For it is not an enemy who reproaches me. Then I could bear it. Nor is it one who hates me, who has exalted himself against me. Then I could hide from him. But it was you pointing out to Absalom and Ahithophel, a man, my equal, my companion, and my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked to the house of God in the throng. Along with the crowd, we walked together to the house of God. You know, when such people come against our lives, when such people hurt us and, you know, wounds us, it is really hard. We heavily understand that from the life of David. I don't know what pain is so deeply settled inside of you today. David's heart was wounded with the pain of rejection. Pain of betrayal. What is that pressing your heart today? What kind of pain that you are trying to handle inside of you? Life is very capable of throwing so much of pain in our lives. At times, you know, the, the people's behavior, people are even equally capable of making deep wounds inside of us. At times, their behavior causes so deep wound inside in our lives. You know, so many days they would have been benefited by you. You would have sacrificed your time and your effort and you would have sacrificed even your health to care for them and to take care of them. But in the fraction of a second, they may reject you. They may deny you. Has it left a deep sorrow 
inside of you. Family members are equally capable of making this, making permanent damages in our lives. The insult, the hard word that we hear, the blame. At times people take us for granted and take us for a ride, you know, until we get hurt, until we feel deep sorrow and pain inside of us. At times people don't speak to us. You know, there are in the family, this happens very often. People start doing things by their own. They don't even consult. And you will feel the pain of not people discussing with you, not, you know, involving in you, involving you in the decision-making process, not even considering you that you are present, you are alive. You keep hearing these words from people because you deal with that particular sickness. And people use that, you know, as a point, as, as a means, you know, the, to hurt you. You hear, keep hearing these people talking about you because you are not blessed with certain blessings in, our li- in your life. And these are not strange people. They are so dear to us. You see them every day. You deal with them every day. You cherish them and you try to help them. But the taunting words... The hurtful words, the wounding words, the mocking words are thrown you at times as a deep arrow that cuts you deeply. That causes so much deep damage in your life. It has damaged your life and my life already. We are talking about keeping the pain inside of us. Proverbs 12, 18 says there is one who speaks like the piercing of a sword. You know, we come across people in our lives. The moment they open their lives, you know, our heart starts aching. There is one who speaks like the piercing of the sword. It is painful to see those who are dear to us causing trouble in our lives. We have been going through it. We can't deny it. It's painful to see those who expect bad things to happen in our lives. For David, it was not a stranger, his own son, his own family member, his own advisor. This morning, I want to ask a question, who is causing that pain in you? Is it your partner? Is it your family member? Or is it your own child? Is it your own parents? Who is causing that deep pain inside of you? Or someone who received your help, you received your support, you received your encouragement, who ate in your own plate. I know that's what David says in Psalm 41.9. He says, even my own familiar friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread. David took one loaf of bread and he showed it to her or him. And you know, she or he took the half of it and he took the remaining. Even my own familiar friend on whom I trusted who ate my bread, he lifted his heel against me. Don't allow this pain to settle down inside of you. You know, that's the point. You can't do anything about what people are throwing at your life and my life, but don't allow that pain to settle down inside of you. Your pain is, when you keep pain inside of you, it's like keep, keeping acid in a container that starts etching the bottom of the container. The more you allow that acid to remain in that container, it's going to pierce the bottom of the container very soon. Do not allow the pain to settle down inside of you. Your pain needs to be released. 
Dilute the acid with water. Dilute your pain with the word of God. Dilute the pain when sitting in the presence of God, asking God for more grace to see these people, to handle these people in your life. It's very difficult because it's your family. It's very difficult because it is the family of God. It is very difficult. They are like fellow human beings. Psalm 147 verse 3, he says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wound. In the midst of all this, if David is able to take a few minutes and pray to God, how much he would have trusted God to suppress that pain, to make the pain to go in his life. You know, our God does that. He heals the brokenhearted. So the lesson number one that we are learning here is do not allow pain to settle down. Number two, the second beautiful lesson that we learn here is don't escape, but face it. Don't escape, but face it. Just because your pain is too much, just because you are unable to bear the pain, it doesn't mean that you need to escape from this situation, no. You know, many times we try to do that. We try to avoid those people. We try to keep away ourselves from, you know, those people. And we want to just make sure that we want to be secure. We want to be safe. David is obviously trying to do this because when we understand the situation, there is no other way. But God is telling us this morning, do not escape from it. Psalm 55, verses 6 to 8, let's read what David says. And he says, oh, that I had wings like a dove. What an imagination. Sometimes we all get dreamed like flying. Have you ever got dreamed like flying? No? No? Yes? Do you dream? Yes? Okay, we all dream, right? Okay. Right, so <clears throat> at times I get dreams like flying. And I'm able to go over to different places. And at times I'm not sure whether I'm floating or flying because I, I, I float for hours together in the water. So I was not sure whether it's floating, but then I still try, but then I make sure that I'm flying. I'm able to fly. I'm going to be able to go different places. You know, somehow I could work myself against the gravity and do that. But, you know, I wish I can do that in the real life. David says that, oh, if I had wings like thou, I would fly away and be at rest. Indeed, I would wander far off and remain in the wilderness I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. Just because you are unable to handle your pain, that doesn't mean that you need to escape, you need to quit. If you really understand the situation of David, the David, the situation that he was in, when Ahithophel and Absalom coming together, planning to come together along with an army of 12,000 men to take his head off, Anyone obviously would try to flee. Nobody wants to stay there. And anybody wants to flee. So he's saying that I want to fly away. I want to be alone in the wilderness. I don't want to see them again. I can't handle them anymore. You know how many times when you take the phone to talk to that somebody, you say that, you know, it would have been better that if I don't receive this call. It would have been better that if I don't get an opportunity to talk to her or talk to him. So David in his frustration, he says, I want to fly away. I want to be alone in the wilderness. Life situation is capable of ejecting us out of this world. Sooner, the earlier. How many times we all say, 
We just want to leave everything and run away. You can ask my wife how many times I say this. How many times we say this? I want to leave everything and just want to run away from this place. We all long for a place where they can, we can find some rest. We all long for, some, for a place where we will not be troubled by people around us. The frustration of dealing with family. The frustration of dealing with the current employer and with our supervisors. The frustration of dealing with the ministry. The frustration of dealing with people, with the health condition, with the financial difficulties, with the family and the relationship struggles. They all make us to think, it should have been better if I can escape somewhere. I always say that we need to, I need to go to further north. I want to go to closer to North Pole so that I don't see anybody there. How many of us say this? Remember, God would not have given anything in your hands that you cannot handle. Remember, your situation is not going to be here forever. It's for a moment. I don't know what situation that you are dealing, that you are struggling to handle today. The word of God tells me and God tells me, tells us that the situation is not going to be there forever. David was not needed. He was not in need of flying away actually, fleeing away actually. Because God is not going to hand him over to the enemy if you know the real story. At the end of the story, it was not David who died, but it was Ahithophel who hanged himself. It was not Jesus, but it was Judas who hanged himself. Absalom as he was riding in an animal, his head got stuck in the thicket of the terebinth tree, tree and eventually he got killed by Joab as he was piercing his heart through three spears. But David continued to remain, continued to reign the nation for 40 long years before he had a natural death as it's believed. Do not escape by looking at the situation, it appears to be coming against you, but it is not. It threatens you that it is coming on your way, but it is not. And this morning, God is telling you that you need to put a stronghold. You need to put your foothold down strongly and say, I'm not going to move. I'm not going to give up. I'm not just going to run away. Even though it forces me to disappear, forces me to flee away, I'm not going to do it. Do not escape by looking at the situation. Deuteronomy 28.7 says, The Lord will, can you read this with me? It's a beautiful scripture. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. That's what God says. Your situation doesn't matter today. The struggle that you are dealing with, the pain that you are dealing with in your heart, it doesn't matter because you are not going to be in that same situation forever. God is dealing with your enemies. As he has promised to the children of Israel, Exodus chapter 23, verse 27, he says, I will send my fear before you. I will cause confusion among all the people to whom, to whom you come. 
and I will make all your enemies turn their backs to you. I will take care of them. I will cause confusion among them. He will do it for you. You know, this morning God wants you to hear this. This morning God wants you to know that do not try to quit. Do not try to escape. Try to handle it because God is next to you and He is strengthening you. He's promising you that those who are coming against you, the things that are rising against you, they will flee in seven ways. And God is telling you He will cause confusion among them and deliver you. He will do it for us. Shall we face challenges with boldness? Because God is with you. God is with us. So the lesson number two, do not escape, but face it. Number three, do not neglect yourself. Do not neglect yourself in the midst of all these struggles. Now I want to learn from David, the way he is handling himself. With all this struggle, with all this frustration, telling many different things out of his frustration, he comes back again in verse 16. Psalm 55, verse 16. As for me, I will call upon the Lord. And the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon, I will pray and I cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. He shall redeem my soul in peace from the battle that was against me. In the middle of the battle, David was very careful to take care of himself. When you are getting insulted, when you are getting offended by people or your own family, do not neglect to take care of you. Do not neglect to take care of you. You know, it is a poor you is what is affected, is who is affected most of the time when you deal with people, when we deal with such situation. But God is telling us that you and I need to take care of you. We need to take a good care of us many times when we go through a difficult situation, such as family issues, the loss of lives, wrongly getting blamed and misunderstood in family situation. For the things that we have done and we have not done. At times we get accused by people in our workplaces. At times we are hated by our own family members. Many times we are hurt and wounded inside of us. Many times we really starve and we don't take care of ourselves. But David in the midst of all these things, he's coming back to the Lord. And he wants to gain strength from the presence of God. Because he has to take care of himself otherwise he cannot move forward. David is telling us this morning, do not harm yourself. Do not neglect yourself no matter what situation that you may be in today. God wants to take care of yourself. You can see the next slide. Remember, life is not one smooth runway where it takes off to a higher level. No, it's not going to be like that. Life is exactly right, like driving across Canada. You can go a cross-country ride. This is how the life is going to be, the mountainous west coast. The flat central prairies, the eastern forested plains, and the frozen north. As you travel from one season of life to another, you need to take care of yourself and you need to prepare yourself for the next season that God is opening in your life. <coughs> Excuse me, God, is, God doesn't want us to stay in one place. 
Not physically talking about it, I'm just talking about in your life as you travel. God wants you to move forward. Don't think that you are currently in this situation and that's the end of it. That's the fate of my life. It's not. God wants us to move forward. He wants us to take us through different seasons and you know, different places of our life to, for us to learn different things, for us to meet different people, different situations where we will be able to strengthen, we will be strengthened to handle different situations. Elijah thought it's all done when he saw fire coming down from heaven and falling on the altar. But that was not true. The very next day, depression gripped him. The very next day, depression gripped him so hard, it can strike anybody, it can strike you know, anyone who, who, who stands for God or who is considered himself or herself brave enough to handle any challenge. Now he has to get ready for his next season, but he is just lying down in the cave under the tree. He's just lying down. I love the scripture, 1 Kings chapters 19, verse 7. An angel of God, angel of the Lord, came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise, eat, because the journey is too great for you. Do not neglect yourself. If God could send an angel to tell Elijah, arise, get up and eat. How important it is to take care of you. How can you neglect your life? How can you neglect your, your body, soul and spirit and mind? God wants you to take care of you. No matter what situation it is, God is capable of sending an angel just to feed Elijah, just to make him that he takes care of himself. Today we are insulted. Today we are offended. That doesn't mean that the state is going to be there forever. But God is going to change the situation in your life. But what we need is we need strength to move forward. We need courage to move forward. So do not neglect yourself. David says, I will call upon the name of the Lord evening, morning, and at noontime. For what? To gain strength from God. Amen. This morning, God is telling us, you know, there are certain things that happen in our lives. At times, we give up everything and we, 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 we isolate and we struggle. We try to keep the pain inside of you and try to inflict pain on ourselves over and over again. But this God, our God is telling us this morning that we need to take care of ourselves. David says, I will call upon the Lord. Get some break. We all need some break. Get some break. You know, we are getting tired of life at times. We need rest. Remember, Jesus was in need of rest during his ministry. And you need rest. You work day in and day out. Weekends and, you know, weekdays. Every time you work, we take, put hard effort on the soil for our survival and for our living. We need rest. Mark chapter 16, verses 31 and 32. Jesus said to them, the words of Jesus, come aside by yourself to a deserted place and rest a while and rest a while for there were many coming and going and they did not even have time to eat so they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves literally can you do that literally can you do that can you take some rest from what is going on in your life. Not only our spiritual health, 
We also need to take care of our physical health. That is very important. If you don't have physical health, our spiritual strength cannot remain inside of you. If we don't have physical strength, we can't do anything for God. 3 John, verse 2. John writes saying that, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. God wants us to do that. You know, many times at Pentecostals, you know, we say that God takes care of me. I only fast and pray. I'm called to be a warrior. I can never take rest. But that's not the word of God. That's a wrong teaching. That's a wrong idea. That's a wrong thinking. But word of God, if you normalize and if you try to understand in a very balanced way, God wants us to take rest in our, from our work situation. Why that we are given vacation times two weeks a year? Not to just be here and, you know, you don't touch your laptop, but you are always on the phone, connected with the company, responding your emails. Brother, where are you? I'm on vacation, brother. I can't come to church because I'm on vacation. And what are you doing in your vacation? I need to support the call, support call service I'm receiving during vacation. Because I'm the only one person. You know, many of us tell that I'm the only one there. I need to go to the store and open the store in the morning and stay until midnight, 1.30, because I'm the only one. What are we trying to do on the face of this earth? Is that the reason that God had created us? That you are stuck with your employer forever, during the weekend even, during the day and night, so that you can't come to church and serve God? What a foolishness it is. It is the plan of the enemy. It is the plan of the world. It's not the plan of God concerning your life. Eat a meal. Have a snack. Take a nap. Go early to bed. Do some stretches. Get your massage done. Get your manicure and pedicure done. How long it has been since you have done your manicure and pedicure? You don't, even, you don't know even what it is. Do it. Otherwise, how do you take care of your body? How do you take care of the temple of God? We are fooling ourselves. Go for a long drive. Go to your favorite place. Catch up with your old friends. Find out what they are doing, how they are. You know, there are many things that we can do in our lives, but we limit, we limit, we limit, we limit our life to work and church. Work and church, and we don't have time for family. That's not the plan of God concerning us. Do whatever we need to take care of our body, our mind, and our soul. God needs you because God needs you. Because God wants to do what he wants to do through you. And you need you because you need to do what you want to do in the rest of your life. And others need you because they need to get what they're supposed to get through you. The support, the help, the, the, the spiritual counsel, the spiritual advice, prayer and support. And you know, all those kind of things that we are responsible to do to others. When the whole world is against David, David realized that that's not the end of it. He was coming to God to take strength for himself. Lesson number three, do not neglect yourself. Finally, number four, do not take revenge. Give it to God. Beautiful, amazing lessons that we learned from this life of this man of God. Verses 9 to 11 and 15 and 13, he talks about taking revenge against those who are rising against him. Will not go there. David was praying to God. This is what he is asking. 
asking God to destroy those who came against him. What an easy prayer to pray. Can we pray that prayer? Lord, destroy everybody who are against me. Can we pray that prayer? Yes? Okay, somebody is saying yes. God bless you. <laughs> David was praying this prayer to God in this fashion because at that time of the period, a period of time, at that dispensation, God appeared to be a God who destroyed his enemies. So David was praying this prayer. But remember when Jesus came down, the whole thing got changed. When Jesus came down, he appeared to be a God who forgives. He appeared to be a God who is filled with compassion. In fact, Jesus said, Matthew chapter 5, verse 39, reading from Good News Translation, Matthew 5, 39. But now I tell you, do not take revenge on someone who wrongs you. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, let him slap your left cheek too. I want to try that on some of you today after the service. <laughs> today when somebody does wrong against us, we feel like doing something against them. We don't need to even give uh, our, the other cheek. But at least we must learn to keep quiet. Today when people, did that, when people do bad things against us, even if you don't have the courage to turn and show our other cheek, but at least Jesus wants us to keep quiet. It is totally wrong and evil in the sight of God to have vengeance and trying to look for an opportunity to take revenge. I want to talk to, the, talk to you this in detail. <coughs> Excuse me. It's wrong. Totally wrong. And it is totally evil in, the, evil in the sight of God to take vengeance, to have vengeance and look for an opportunity to take, take revenge against those who hate us. It is totally wrong for pastors to pronounce curse upon those who hate and leave the church. It is totally wrong. They can't do it. They can't speak the verses of the curses against those people. They hate them and leave the church. It is wrong to think even that let them learn their lesson. Then only I will, they will realize that I am a child of God. I am a man of God or a woman of God. It is even wrong even to think that let them learn their lesson. You know, sometimes we say that with our frustration. Let them know, let them learn their lesson, then only they realize. It is wrong and it is evil in the sight of God. It is wrong to pray for good things not to happen for someone who hates you. It is totally wrong to pray. It is wrong to rejoice when someone hates you suffer. When we had bad things about you know, somebody uh, whom we don't like, the first, the very first thought, even, even before it really comes, the first thing comes, just a joy inside of us. He needs it. She needs it. Because I don't like her. I hate her. It's even wrong to rejoice when someone falls. It is even wrong to express emotion of joy 
When you hear bad news about someone you don't like. Can't even think about it. Can't even express the joy inside of us. It's wrong to have a wrong attitude when good things are happening to those who don't like you but hate you. And where is revenge? There is no revenge in the child of God, in the life of a child of God. Proverbs 24, 17 says, Do not, very clear the scripture is, do not rejoice when your enemy falls and do not let your heart be glad when he stumbles. You don't need another scripture. Do not rejoice when your enemy falls. He would have cursed at you. He would have, he would have wounded you or she would have hurt you in many different ways. But Bible here says if you are a real child, you know, this is a test for a child of God. If you are really a child of God, do not rejoice when your enemy falls. It's hard, but it's possible. It's practical. Instead, Bible says, Proverbs 21, 25, 21 and 22, if your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat and if he is thirsty give him water to drink we can't rejoice when our enemy falls but instead we as a child of god in other ways what is christianity otherwise what is your anointing it's all false it's all fake if you don't do this if you are incapable of doing this being christian after year after year if you still have that grudge inside of us if we still have that bitterness inside of us, when you see them, if you are not able to face them face to face, whom do we serve today? We don't know what others are going through in their lives. We don't know what God's plan in their lives. God has a different plan. That's the reason he has taken you, taken them out of your life. God has a different plan. That's the reason they don't talk to you. Even you try to go and voluntarily talk to them. We can only handle ourselves appropriately, but we don't have control over others. Leave them in the hands of God. Let us not take revenge. Let us not take advantages and look for opportunity for their downfall, but instead handle them over to God. Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, verse 19. Paul writes here saying, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. We can't take vengeance, even in our thinking. That need to be submitted to God. That need to be surrendered to God. There is so much we can learn, but I want to close. Just to summarize what we learned. Do not allow, number one. Do not allow. Can you read that with me? That may help you. Do not allow pain to settle down in your heart. When those who are dear to you rise against you. Number two, when frustration mounts up, you feel like escaping, but hold on. God is causing confusion among your enemies and they are going to run away in seven ways. The enemies here need not be an individual, need not be people. It can be the sickness that you are dealing with. It can be the adverse situation that you are dealing with. Number three, remember God needs you, and you need you, and others need you. So take a good care of you when you are insulted and when you are offended. Finally, forget revenge. Not even have a bad attitude when something happens to your enemy. Instead, give him bread to eat and give him water to drink. Shall we all just arise as we close?